Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Andrea Ballard. And I'm Stefan Cohn. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. On today's show, we're kicking off the month of June and summer with a subject near and dear to my heart, ice cream. We'll lead you through delicious homemade ice cream and frozen treats that will keep you churning away all summer long. And first up is a delicious strawberry buttermilk version that's perfect for the start of summer. We'll also talk about some homemade shortcuts you can use when time is tight. So pour yourself some coffee and get ready for some short and sweet talk. Well, Andrea, my countdown to London is drawing very, very close. We are about two weeks out from our move date, and we had the great opportunity to go and do some house hunting a few weeks ago and had a a really fun time looking at all kinds of different neighborhoods around the kids' schools and, and all kinds of different homes in London. And a really interesting thing I noticed in all of the properties that we viewed, the ovens are about three quarters of the size they are here. Uh, <laughs> in in terms of like depth or or width or height or like all of it. <laughs> How odd! Like a little stage set almost, so, like a, a yeah. Betty Crop Betty Crocker Easy Bake, kind of like a little fairy house. And um, yeah. so that op- opens up some new opportunities as far as um, you know, shopping, of course, because I'm going to need to get like. Little, littler jelly roll pans, littler cookie sheets. Right. Um, so there's that excitement. But yeah, I just huh. I, I looked at the first property we we're at, and I thought, well, that oven looks a little small. And then, uh, then we went to the next one. I said, well, hang on, that looks like exactly the same size <laughs> as the one I just saw. And then, <laughs> and I finally I asked the agent. She's like, oh yeah, that's that's the kind of standard for the city. So. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's that little see already the cultural, you know, yeah, things are, good are happening. To know. I love that you're framing it as an opportunity as opposed to the challenge to that shopping. it sounds yeah. like to me. Um, yeah, but no. you know, perhaps it's because they don't need that uh, oven space for that 25 pound Thanksgiving turkey. Maybe our ovens have evolved. <laughs> Exactly, and you know, for Thanksgiving, um, I did notice, and I'll have to report more on this too. But there, um, there's lots of standalone butcher shops um, in the city, in the different mm. neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. in one of the neighborhoods we looked at, there's a great butcher, and so my fingers are crossed that that's where we end up, um, if only for the meats alone. Um, <laughs> but just doing like a really casual, you know, kind of walk through the butcher, I did notice that the cuts of meat, and even like the size of the chickens, was definitely smaller. I think that mm. folks just don't eat as much meat in one right. sitting as we do here, you know. Right. Right. They don't supersize everything. Yeah, exactly. So that is really fascinating. Oh, um, I love the it. The other thing I love to do when I'm in England, and I'm really excited about moving there for the magazine selection. The country <laughs> loves its magazines, and I love magazines too. We're a match made in heaven. So I was um, on the airplane ride home. I was reading um, one of my favorites. It's called Red. Not Red Book, just Red. Oh, okay. And I ran across an interesting recipe. So I'm going to read you the ingredients and tell you the title, and you tell me what this is, okay? Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm scared. <laughs> Here we okay, go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, here's the title. Very Red Bircher. And here's the ingredients. 
300 grams pureed strawberries, 500 grams Greek yogurt, 4 heaped tablespoons oat bran, 100 grams red currant, half a teaspoon vanilla paste, and the juice of one fresh blood orange. Wow, some sort of um, pudding? I yeah, mean, yogurt, that's, yogurt really and close. strawberries. You're really um, close. Here's Okay, so here's another little hint. In, in the instructions, it says, you can make this the night before. I am baffled. You got me. I don't know. All right. A bircher is like an overnight oatmeal. It's like a muesli. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it spelled had, B-U or B-I? It's actually named after this man, Bircher, who oh. po- who popularized muesli in like last century. Okay. So a bircher is his name. And so it's it's kind of like a fancy um, overnight oatmeal. I mean, we would oh. think of it, but like an overnight muesli. So okay. I'm, um, I love, I happen to love red and black currants and England is, is nuts for those. So right. um, I, I maybe whipping this up in my, in my new kitchen and in no your mini kitchen <laughs> and no mini oven needed for this one. So <laughs> Well, yeah. that is fascinating. I can't I can't wait to hear more about these. I'm I'm nervous that I'm I'm already failing at my Britain baking. There's gonna be lots of long pauses and questioning <laughs> moments as you teach me new things. Yeah, so it's fascinating to me that you know, I, I see this title, I have no idea what it means, but I can kind of piece together what I'm getting into just by based on the ingredients and what they're telling me to do. So um yeah. that kind of stuff oh, I'm excited. Really looking forward to. Well, and you know, it's interesting too. I think recipe titles are so important. I ran into a little one this week. Last week on um, episode 28.5, you might remember I mentioned how I was bringing taco soup to my friend that just adopted a baby. Who doesn't eat olives. That's right. (laughs) Taco soup sans olives. And um, I was telling a different friend about the recipe. She said, oh, taco soup, that sounds so good. What's in it? And I was telling her about the recipe. And I'll include a link to it in the show notes. It's a pioneer woman. It's super easy. And I was telling her the ingredients. And she said, oh, that sounds like McCandle junk. What? I I know. I said, what? And she said, well, my maiden name is McCandle. And I might not have that exactly right, but it's something like that. And that's the soup we always made. And so for whatever reason, we just always called it McCandle junk. And I thought, you know, it's just way different to tell someone you're bringing them a meal and you're going to drop off some taco soup or you're bringing them a meal and you're going to drop off some McCandle junk. I've heard of like garbage soup. Same thing. Like it's one of those soups like you just like dump everything into it, right? And and I'm fine with that in terms of execution, but I hate it when people use the word garbage in a recipe. Yeah. It's just just not. like I know you also have the problem with like the dump cake too for the same reason, right? I know. It's just – it's all about the the language there. So It is. So Mr. Bircher, I feel, you know, that just automatically elevates it in my mind. I mean, that even sounds better than – because even the PCC recipe that I got, I think they're the ones who coined overnight oatmeal because they said refrigerated oatmeal doesn't sound appealing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And overnight already just has the built-in like saving time yes. kind of superwoman connotation with it. So, yeah. all right. Well, I will report back once I have per- made my very red bircher. I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> Well, like we said, it's June, it's summer. If you're looking out your window, it may not feel like summer, but the calendar tells us it is, so it must be so. And our thoughts are turning to 
one of my very most favorite things to make, which is ice cream. Yes. Um, I love to make ice cream. I love to eat ice cream. I remember when I moved to Seattle back in 1994, I read a statistic um, that said that Seattle was one of the nation's largest consumers of ice cream. So I knew right away I had found my spiritual home. (laughs) You were in the right place. I was in the right place. So uh, what do you think about when you think about ice cream, Stefan? Are you a big fan? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, my mom was always a huge homemade ice cream person. We had, and she has to this day, uh, one of the old-fashioned hand crank churns. So my mom thinks it's the very um, epitome of a fun time party to pull out the ice cream churn and put everyone to work uh, at like a large family gathering or a large like open house type of thing. And I don't know how long it's been since you may have cranked um, an ice cream churn, but you are earning those ice cream calories once you are done with that process. It is It gets progressively harder as the ice, as the canister and the, the cream gets thicker. And so you start off and you always, you know, you're feeling like just the handle's just going around real, no problem. And then it's just getting harder and harder and harder. Um, so we always did that. My mom is a big fan of peach ice cream and pistachio ice cream. So we always... Um, very, very fond, fun memories of making those up um, as a kid. Um, but myself, I love to make homemade ice cream, but I'm very happy to do it in my Cuisinart uh, electric churn. <laughs> well. Um, I don't have the childhood memories of homemade ice cream. I, I don't remember my mom ever making it. And in fact, um, ice cream in our family, I believe, was for the rich people. We had ice milk. Do you remember ice milk uh, that you would buy in the store? I'm thinking it was basically skim milk yeah. ice cream. Yeah. And, um, you but know, not as for ch- really any like health purposes necessarily. No, I'm thinking yeah. it was a value yeah. choice. I'll, I'll <laughs> yes. have to confirm that with my mom. But that's my memory. And um, so we would have that would be what was at home in the freezer. But then very definitely like, um, for example, if my brother and I got good report cards, my parents would take us out for ice cream. And then we would go to the premium shops. And, you know, that would always be just a great thing we look forward to. I had a neighbor across the street who introduced me to Haagen-Dazs ice cream. And that's a good neighbor. (laughs) I was their primary babysitter. And they would, you know, as they were leaving the house, they would always say to me, you know, help yourself to anything in the freezer or the refrigerator. You know, looking back on it now, I'm not sure that they meant that it was okay for me to clean them out of three pints of Hagen dust, but I took them at their word and I loved to babysit for them. And I just worked my way through the Hagen dust library and thought it was fabulous. So, what a job perk. I really had never thought about making it myself until uh, I know exactly how long ago this was because I was pregnant with my daughter. So it was, you know, 11 and a half years ago. And we went to visit my aunt in Oregon. My aunt is a really good cook, and she was a home economics teacher uh, when she was working. So she always is, you know, in the kitchen and whipping things up. And it was a, you know, really nice summer day. We were sitting outside, and she kept popping up every couple of minutes. And finally, we were. I was like, Aunt Lorna, what are you doing? And she said, Oh, I'm I'm cranking the ice cream. I'm making peach ice cream. So she had one of those hand turns. So we we told her, well, bring that out. You don't have to do it by yourself. So we all took turns doing it. And I agree with you. It was some work. It is. But she had picked fresh peaches. And when we ate that ice cream, I was like, I had died and gone to heaven. Yes. 
Yes. I just thought, I didn't know you could do this at home. So I got back. I looked into ice cream makers. Um, I looked into the hand churn, decided that was too much work. I looked into that uh, for a period of time. There was this thing that was almost like a hamster ball. Uh, you know what I think of like you'd put oh, the yeah. hamster in it. I rem- And you kind of just shook it around or well, passed it around it, or something. Or the idea would be, you know, if kids were outside playing, they could kick it around and okay. stuff. I decided that was probably more of a, a novelty and not really. It seemed very sanitary to- somehow. <laughs> That's true, too. And so I went with the Cuisinart two-quart electric model. Yeah, that sounds exactly like what we've got. Yeah. yeah. So I think we both have the same thing. So that'll be good to know. We'll be using the same thing um, all month when we're going through and making our ice cream. We'll, um, if listeners, you're going to bake along with us or make ice cream along with us, um, with Stefan and I's model, I know one thing that's really important is that the canister has to be completely frozen. So a full 24 hours in advance of when you want to make sh- your ice cream, make sure your canister is in the freezer. Yeah, um, mine just lives in the freezer. Mine does too. Yeah. But I know some people don't have that kind of freezer room. So it's one of those things where you can't just, if you don't have it already frozen, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to make some ice cream for tonight. You have to plan That's ahead. That's right. And I think it's also one of those things, if you really get into making ice cream, that it can be worth buying an extra canister um, if oh. you want to make a double batch or you want to make, you know, you've got it out, you're going to make a different kind. I have one and that works for what I need, but I, I do know people who you can just buy the canister portion also if, if that's important to you and would be helpful. I've also thought about upgrading and buying the machine that doesn't require the 24-hour freeze. There are some. They're obviously more expensive than the one I have, but they allow you to just make batch after batch. And then I decided, do I really need <laughs> to make <laughs> <Yeah>. this easier? <laughs> right. I thought, no, this is actually a pretty smart way to limit my ice cream consumption requiring that 24-hour wait. So our first recipe is going to come from a book called Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream, and it is the Roasted Strawberry Buttermilk Ice Cream. And I just think this is a perfect, perfect, perfect um, ice cream to kick off our summer. Um, It's funny, in her book, she actually divides her book into four sections, spring, summer, winter, and fall. Wait. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. Okay. And this is the first recipe in spring because, of course, she's in the Midwest, and I'm sure they have lovely strawberries come, you know, March and April. Ours aren't going to be popping out until June or July, so I thought it was a good pick for us. Yeah, and definitely by June, I just feel like strawberries are are here, and it's such a kickoff to summer. And um, I'm this. Have you? This is a fascinating recipe. I'm really excited. I know you've eaten at a Jenny's Splendid ice cream um, chain before. I think you'd mentioned that several episodes ago when you were in Nashville. It was in Nashville, okay. yes. So I've had the cookbook for eight – I keep calling it a cookbook. I guess that's what you call it, even though it's ice cream. And I've had it for ages. I've made a lot of the recipes, but I had never been able to actually be to uh, go and visit a Jenny. So it was fun to have it in person. I've made this strawberry buttermilk ice cream numerous times. And a couple of things that I think are unique to Jenny's. So if you haven't made ice cream before, here are some things to know up front. Um, she uses some different ingredients. So you will see in most of her ice cream bases, she'll have cornstarch, cream cheese, and corn syrup. And those are not something you typically see in an ice cream recipe. Her thought is that she spends a lot of time thinking about the home cook and how to make ice cream that's not icy. 
Mm-hmm. And this yep. is one of the biggest challenges is how to get your ice cream so it's got that creamy consistency like store-bought or, you know, um, an ice cream parlor would do. And so these are the things that she has developed that she feels like really attract moisture in the mixture and so keep those ice crystals from forming. Okay. The other reason I love this recipe, she roasts the strawberries before she uses them. And I can tell you right now, that smell in your house is just going to make you just be in heaven because it's so fabulous. And that roasting, again, draws out moisture from the strawberries. So when you're using fruit that's on the juicier side, you're introducing more water into the recipe. So the roasting helps draw that water out. And then lastly, she does not use chunks of strawberries. She Mm. purees or blends her strawberries. And I think that's huge. For me, there's nothing worse than biting into a chunk of ice cream and hitting like a large frozen piece of watery fruit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it stops you cold, no pun intended. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I mean, just reading this recipe, too, I think the taste is going to be so great with that strawberry, like a very sweet fruit. But then you have kind of a tanginess from the cream cheese and the buttermilk then. The other Uh, thing I'll recommend um, if you're going to bake along with this is do search out the full fat ingredients. So Mm -hmm. if she asks for milk, use whole milk. If she asks for buttermilk, try and find whole milk, buttermilk. That's kind of hard to find, but sometimes you can find it. Um, You know, heavy cream if she asks for cream, full fat cream cheese if she asks for cream cheese. Those things help. They make a difference. And you're not making huge amounts. You know, you're going to make a a pint or two of ice cream. And so, you know, that's going to end up being whatever, four to six servings. So, And, you know, the full fat also really helps with not making an icy Uh, ice cream. I think probably commercially prepared ice creams that are lower in fat have some kind of chemical in there that's helping, uh, you know, make it smoother. But full fat products for the home ice cream maker is going to ensure a really nice and creamy consistency for you. Sure. We're not using stabilizers and emulsifiers. Yeah, guar gum or whatever it is they put in there, right? Um, And I noticed, too, this isn't a traditional custard ice cream. We are going to talk about that in upcoming episodes. But um, if you're not a fan of making a custard, you are bringing some of those ingredients to a boil. But it's it's not what I would call creating a custard. So it's a little bit it's a little bit more lower key than that. Yeah, so we're going to try and introduce you to a couple of different ways of making ice cream, and you can pick your favorite. Remember, we'll put a link to this particular recipe on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, also on our Pinterest page and on our Facebook group. And we hope you will make Jenny's splendid ice cream, roasted strawberry buttermilk along with us. I can't wait for this one. Me too. Well, if you are thinking of some easier ways to ease into ice cream month, we wanted to do a small mini segment on some homemade hacks for you. This may also be of interest if you don't have an ice cream maker or are going to kind of wait and see if that's something you want to invest in uh, down the line. Um, There's several things, Andrea, have you noticed about making a frozen banana blender ice cream? Uh, That has the appeal of also being a a non-fat frozen treat. Um, I happen to love a frozen banana. This is just thrown into the blender until it purees to kind of an ice creamy consistency, I guess. Yeah, I I think this is fabulous. I have to be honest, I've never just done it with the banana. <laughs> I usually throw in chocolate chips. <laughs> mm, why not? I know. So I I love to do this. I think it's a really easy thing. And I've, you know, I tend to buy big bunches of bananas. And so I've always got bananas on the wane and they either head their way into banana bread or this frozen banana ice cream. Yeah, it's kind of frozen banana ice cream is kind of the banana bread of the summer, right? If maybe you don't want to turn your oven on, (laughs) the way to use those up. Good way to think of it. 
some other um, kind of creative things that I've done, and I think I've talked about this in the past when we did our uh, banana pudding, um, when we roasted those bananas. Mm -hmm. And I um, do a high-quality vanilla ice cream like a Haagen-Dazs. Mm-hmm. And then a roasted banana and just mashing that into the uh, vanilla ice cream that's been a little bit Ooh. softened and then refreezing yeah. that. That's very good. If you like um, like a Chunky Monkey from Ben and Jerry's, mm-hmm. that's a banana ice cream. Uh, but just a, a really intense banana-y flavor. And you can kind of feel that you've you've uh, zhuzhed up your, your store-bought right. there. That's really yeah, good. There you go. Um, Nigella Lawson, speaking of the Brits, again, yeah. um, has one that I have looked at for years. It's from her Nigella Bites cookbook, and it's a no uh, custard, no churn required. All she does is it's a bitter orange ice cream. She juices some uh, blood oranges or bitter oranges and then just mixed it with uh, whipped sweetened whipped cream and freezes it. Just huh. like in a Tupperware and oh. and then pulls it back out. So I'm okay. not sure what the consistency of that would be. It's really pretty. It's kind of a very light kind of sherbet orange color and probably tastes um, really good and is very easy. So, huh. you know, I never liked sherbet as a kid. That's something as an adult I like now. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. How your tastes have changed. That yeah. is funny. Yeah. Well, it always yeah, is associated think, with like lunchroom for me, like those little cups. Maybe of that's it, it or something. Those little yeah. cups. And I I never liked it when they mixed the flavors. So that whole Neapolitan action Agreed. with Agreed. you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, the last thing, if you're just kind of playing around with some store bought ice cream, I've seen on Pinterest a few times. Um, you soften it up enough, a store bought ice cream enough to spread out on on uh, like a jelly roll pan, and then you freeze it and then cut into some shapes. Um, mm-hmm. Which could be cute for, I don't know, a fun a la mode or just serving, you okay. know, you got some extra time on your hands, <laughs> don't yeah. know what to do. Well, maybe you could stick a popsicle stick in yeah. it too. Oh, while that's a good point. And yeah, then, absolutely. you know, that'd be kind of fun for the kids to be like holding the little dinosaur or whatever as they're yeah, going to town sure. on it. Um, um, so, yeah. Do you have uh, any other homemade hacks, Andrea? I don't know that mine qualifies as a hack. What, what's the definition of a hack? Yeah. Is it good point? Is it supposed uh, to be easier because I'm not sure mine is? Right. <laughs> or maybe taking something that already exists and 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 modifying it somehow. Okay. Well, okay. if if that's the definition then mine qualifies as a hack because okay. one thing I loved as a kid was ice, ice cream sandwiches. I mean, yes. I just thought those were heaven. Mm, and yeah. so then as an adult, I tried them again and I thought, well, these are pretty bad. <laughs> You know, it's and, kind of like uh, whipped lard in the middle of the, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. the and the chocolate wafer p- piece is just really super soggy and just didn't have a lot of flavor. And I was like, well, that's kind of a bummer. And then I saw some recipes and realized I could make my own. So make a pan of brownies and cut those suckers up and then put a little bit of vanilla ice cream in between them. And there you go. You have your ice cream sandwich. That just reminded me of an ice cream sandwich I do. Um, I should post this. It actually uses a boxed cake mix. Okay. But that's crucial because you know how a uh, store-bought ice cream sandwich um, is just has that kind of soft, yeah. soft. Even when it's yeah. frozen, it still stays soft. Well, so something about the chemicals in a boxed cake mix <laughs> we'll, <laughs> achieve we'll this okay. thing too. And so it's just like a thick, um, like a devil's food cake mix without as much liquid and you make them into cookie shapes. And Ooh, then put, I would like that recipe. Yeah, it's very easy. And it just has that – it has that ice cream sandwich flavor and texture that's really important. So mm. I like to make those. Mm. 
That sounds perfect. Yeah. yeah. So throughout this month, um, listeners will be bringing you a variety of ways to make homemade ice cream, and then um, just just filling you in on some other ways to play around with ice cream if you don't have a have a churn or or just want to get involved in in different ways. So we're looking forward to a cool and creamy month. And we'd love to hear any of your ideas, how you work ice cream into your summer rotation. If you have any hacks or special recipes or tricks that you found to be handy, let us know about them. Absolutely. Well, the timer's buzzed and we've got to get to the dishes. Join us next week as we continue our cool and creamy month of ice cream with an agave sweetened chocolate ice cream from David Leibovitz. We'll also take a global look at frozen treats around the world and review our roasted strawberry buttermilk ice cream. Remember, you can find us in our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, on Facebook and Pinterest, and download us on iTunes, where we'd love it if you subscribed to the show and gave us a five-star review, both of which will help others find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Heated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.